using kind of your your method. I've tried to lucid dream. I've come close, but I get to the point where like I know it and then I wake up. So um, I'd love to just kind of introduce people to what lucid dreaming is and kind of the steps they could take maybe tonight when they uh, go to sleep to to start practicing. Okay, so first of all, you did that was a lucid dream. If you had a lucid dream, most people's first few lucid dreams last like five seconds. Mm-hmm. They're like in the dream, they see something crazy. Like, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, oh my God, so cool. Boom, and you wake up and you're like, whoa, what was that? That was insane. So my job is really helping people to extend that five second period into like five minutes or 50 minutes. 50 minutes is about the longest time you're going to dream anyway. So if people have had that experience, then that that did count as a lucid dream. So that's brilliant. Um, other people's spontaneous experience of lucid dreams often come from nightmares. So if anyone listening's ever had a nightmare and in the nightmare, they've gone, I've got to wake up, I've got to wake up. That was a lucid dream. The moment you said to yourself, I've got to wake up, you'd indirectly acknowledge you were asleep. So a little footnote, because I, I want to get back to your original question, but if that ever does happen, that you find yourself knowing you're in a nightmare, don't wake up. Stay in the nightmare for as long as you can. The reason nightmares recur compared to more seemingly positive dreams is because we wake from them. They're incomplete. We, and then in the waking state, we reject them. We don't want to look at them. So a nightmare is like a dream that's shouting. So it keeps shouting, keeps on coming back to us. So the best way to cure a nightmare is actually to stay in it. Like the seeing is the doing. Just mm-hmm. stay in it for as long as you can, knowing you know, I'm not really back in this scary place or I'm not really in the zombie apocalypse. I'm dreaming about these the scary things. And that in itself can have a really powerful deconditioning effect on the mind and also prime the mind for being fearless in the waking state. Mm-hmm. You now, if you spent your lucid dreams like literally hugging zombies, which is what I encourage people to do in their lucid dream, because if everything in the dream is you, what is a zombie? It's, um, oh, wow, for Saturn Returns, People find they have a lot of zombie dreams around this time, which is very interesting. And it took me ages to get this. I don't think I've written in the book yet, in any of my books yet, because it's a new kind of theory I'm working with. And I'm just spitballing here, but I think there might be something to this. I believe the reason why so many people around like 28, 29, 30 have zombie dreams. I used to think it was just a cultural thing of watching zombie movies. Now I realize I get older, it's not, because that same age group is still having those same dreams. If we think of what is a zombie... A zombie is something that used to be alive, but is now dead and yet still animated. It's got enough consciousness to be like animated, like walking around your dream. And I think that sounds like an old habit to me. Mm. You know, an old habit from childhood, an old I'm not good enough program, an old lack of self-worth program, which is dead, but it's still like it's the living dead. It's still kind of walking around our dream. So if you're ever in a lucid dream or a non-lucid dream, you see a zombie, hug it. Mm. because what could be better a better symbol of love and acceptance not endorsement but love and acceptance than the hug so yeah hug your zombies anyway sorry back I to love your it. question <laughs> I'm like but aren't that they kind of dirty I've like... never had a zombie have you <laughs> mm, not that I can remember no I would think it would represent like the unconscious like the unconscious mm. you know within me or even in Saturn Return it would be interesting because it's like I feel like it's an awakening period for so many people where you're kind of yeah. like shedding a lot of programming. Mm-hmm. So it's almost exactly. like the shedded programming that you're really yeah. releasing in, as you awaken. Yeah, and it's zombified. It's dead. Like a zombie yeah. isn't alive. So that process happened, but it's still kind of animated. Mm-hmm. And we still have a, a version to it. We're still kind of scared of these zombies. Anyway, write in the in the chat box, wherever you're listening to this, if you've had a zombie dream. <laughs> Let's see if we can prove my theory right. Lucky I haven't put it in my book if I was like, no, I never have zombie dreams. 
So your question was about what is lucid dreaming. So um, I mean, this is cool because we basically covered it in our in our discussion here. But a lucid dream is a dream where you know you're dreaming as the dream is happening. So it's not just a really vivid dream. So like if people wonder like, oh, I had a really, really kind of vivid, colorful dream. Was that lucid? I'll always say in the dream, did you have the realization? Oh, wow, this is all a dream. Did you have the aha moment? Because that's what makes it lucid. And that aha moment actually has like neural correlates. So if you get people to have a lucid dream in a brain scanner, which they have managed to do over in Germany, you actually see the part of the brain light up when someone becomes lucid. And it's super cool because you see their brain, there's loads of activity in the back part of the brain, as you would expect for dreaming, where the visual cortex is. The dream is so visual, right? The front part of the brain, especially the prefrontal cortex, in most people's non-lucid dreams, is completely offline. And the scientists believe the prefrontal cortex is linked to the sense of self, the sense of I am having experience, and crucially, the sense of agency, like choosing to do stuff. And because in most people's dreams, they have this decreased blood flow to their sense of self part of the brain. That's why you can dream you're a man if you're a woman, a woman if you're a man, and dream you're a kid when you're an adult, um, because you have this flexible sense of self. When you become lucid and you have that moment of, oh, wow, this is all a dream, like you see the front part of the brain is light up, the prefrontal cortex, which makes total sense because now I'm like, oh, I am Charlie and I am having a lucid dream. And I'm a sense of self and then I'm choosing to fly through the sky or whatever I want to do. So agency switches on. So it is like a, it has a neural correlate. So lucid dreaming is for real. And the cool thing about when that happens is that when the prefrontal cortex switches on, neuroplasticity becomes engaged, which is like the brain's capacity to rewire itself in favor of a newly learned skill. Now, in non-lucid dreaming, that's not engaged. So you can spend your whole non, non-lucid dream life dreaming of soccer. You're not going to get any better at soccer. However, if you get lucid, and then in the lucid dream, you go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm in a dream right now. This is all a three-dimensional projection of my own mind. I know my body's asleep in bed. You can even think like, what time is it? I woke up to pee at like four and I fell asleep doing that special lucid dreaming technique that dude taught me. Oh yeah, so it's probably about 4.30 in the morning now, you know, full access to waking state memory. And you can think, what did I want to do? Oh, well, I heard that neuroplasticity is engaged, so I want to get really good at soccer. So you could then choose to practice like penalties or play soccer in your lucid dream. And scientific studies have shown if you do that, you actually get better at soccer. So they can like test skills in the waking state then teach you lucid dreaming, get you to do it in the lucid dream, and then check if you get better. Um, and I was part of one of these studies, a martial arts study. They, we had to do this like kickboxing sequence and then go and do it in the lucid dream, and then they checked if we got any better. And 81.3% of participants got better at martial arts by training in their lucid dream. I embarrassingly was one of the 19% that actually didn't get any better. No way. I dream guy. I was like, oh no, I'm the guy who wrote the book about it. I totally messed it up. You're like, I'm going to crush this. Do a lot of athletes learn to lucid dream? I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah. I mean, there's like an ice hockey guy from Canada at the moment who wants some one-on-one because he's heard of the science. Cool. It's uh, most of the control, when they'd run the control against lucid dreaming, they use visualized, uh, sorry, imaginary rehearsal which has been used since the 80s by Olympic athletes and stuff. You know, you're, you're on the uh, start line, you're visualizing the perfect sprint. Uh, and they've shown you can have like 50% effectiveness of just imagining something. Oh, and even on muscle growth, you can have up to 15% increase in muscle mass by imagining lifting heavy weights with your biceps. I mean, that's insane. Wow. So they use that as the control. Lucid dreaming goes way beyond that because, of course, you're in an absolute visualization. You can't get more visualized state than the lucid dream so that the numbers get up. But for, for athletes to take the time to learn lucid dreaming, to be honest, it's probably easier they just do visualized training where the percentage increase is less, but it's much easier to do. 
However, if there was time and space for athletes to like learn to lucid dream and it might take like two, three months to stabilize your practice, then yeah, they could, I mean, the, the, the science is in, you can get better at stuff. And anything else too, you know, it's not just sports. Like imagine practic- practicing kindness in a lucid dream. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, imagine like practicing fearlessness. Imagine practicing your meditation. Imagine practicing compassion. Imagine meeting your, your dead grandfather and going through that grieving process and releasing, you know, saying what needs to be said. When you do that in a lucid dream, it's not only deeply healing, but the brain's rewiring itself for that. The brain doesn't think you're awake. The brain doesn't think you're asleep. It thinks you're awake. So it actually thinks you've integrated that trauma or you've done that sport or whatever. So it can have a really powerful effect on the brain. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.